Hello and welcome to Kiss Reopen, the number one Detective Conan rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is the lovely Colleen. How are you today? Oh, fan tastic How are you? Wow, that's a <laughs> such strange verbiage. I'm doing just okay. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, we're here to talk about episode two of six of the Detective Conan the Metropolitan Police Detective Love Story 3, Part 2. That was exciting, Colleen. Yeah, the uh, exciting conclusion. Been waiting a whole week to hear what happens. Yeah, so this originally aired August 28th, 2000. And as you remember, the canon's hint was Ramaji. And they shared Ayumi, Mitsuhiko, and Genta written out. Uh, Kenan starts the episode, he says, One mystery calls another, arson and robbery, the two cases connect as one. So we're gonna see all these mysteries, Colleen, come together. Yeah. Uh, it's It didn't come together quite as I had thought it would, but it was still good. So the episode begins with the detective boys and Sato arriving at the tavern. She has the kids stay inside the car and she tells them to wait quietly highbury decides to look at the places the arsonist struck previously and mitsuhiko since he can't go into the women's bathroom he's trying to be productive and he mentions that all five were near train stations however highbury doesn't see a pattern and genta asks for help from conan but then realizes that he snuck off. That little rotten kid, always sneaking off. Yeah. <laughs> I love that this is sort of like a reoccurring thing with them. And they're always mad that Conan's off, like, solving the mystery while they're left behind. Turns out that uh, all four of Sato's dad's uh, friends have already left the bar uh, because they heard the arsonists around, and that'd just be too dangerous. They don't want to be near a killer. Right, right. Especially not the killer amongst the four of them. They're like, oh, this is too uh, too dangerous. Conan then speaks up and he asks the tavern worker what they were talking about before they left. And the man reveals that they were all had good things happening. Inamata's company's 15th anniversary happened. Kane's 50th birthday is tomorrow. Kanori's daughter got married yesterday, and Saruwatari's son had his second child this morning. However, due to it being the day of Sate's father's death, Saruwatari was still conflicted on his face. So, everybody's having a, a, a decent day. They're not fan diddly tastic like you are, Colleen, though. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it takes a lot to get to that level of tastic. Yeah? How'd you get fan diddly What took you to that level? Oh, well, before we start recording, you gave me that idea. <laughs> How did I give you that idea? I've never heard this word said. Oh, no? Okay. <laughs> so you didn't, you didn't just tell me this, like, ten minutes ago <laughs> before we started recording. I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> so... I, the women, you know? Always making stuff up. <laughs> the worker calls the criminal a terrible man as he stole 50 million yen, 
beat a guard to death with a rifle, and then killed uh, an officer as well. Kennan thought it was an accident, but Sate says that a witness testified that her father was pushed in front of the truck that hit him. So, uh-oh. Spaghetti is calling. Mm-hmm. What is happening here? I know, it's a big twist here that the person that killed someone and stole 50 million yen in a bank heist might not be a good person. Yeah. Like, how... I've never seen this happen. (laughs) Meanwhile, the kids complain about Conan sneaking in. Ayumi then remembers the arsonist she saw mentioning something about a vegetable being finished. And uh, just through some amazing Japanese magic, Hybera somehow gets one more in the eve will be over out of it. What does that even mean? (laughs) None of this made any sense. But I sure dang appreciate the translator's notes. They still didn't work. (laughs) <laughs> they were trying though they tried to save this episode but yeah this is one episode where the lack of like official subs just really really harms it from like the Kana thing being super obvious and then um this stuff just making no sense it's like uh god bless them for trying but <laughs> the fan sub just does not really get through the points you know mm-hmm um, Hibera then exits the car and goes inside while Genta screams at her for being unfair. Ayumi then spots the arsonist again and shows it to Mitsuhiko and Genta. So, uh, what do you think about Hibera just joining Conan? I thought this was some real boss girl energy, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, it sort of makes sense, I guess. Like, the, out of the, all of the You're so hesitant to give... Hibera any sort of credit. You're like, oh, Conan's so cool. He just walks inside and <laughs> leaves them behind. So cool how he does that. And then Hibera's like, yeah, I mean, she's kind of being a shitty friend and leaving them. I mean, who does she think she is? Talk about an ego. You took the words right out of my mouth. Like, I have no more. I have nothing more to say about that. <laughs> Ridiculous. So. Kenan is surprised how much the worker knows about the case. Sate then says that the security camera footage was played on television at the time. Hybera then enters and says that the arsonist's next target is Shinagawa. She draws lines on the map and it winds up making the kanji for fire. So there, that's some Japanese magic we can all understand. Yeah, and there's more where that came from. It's not over yet, folks. Yeah, they believe the arsonist attacked Takagi, and his body is lying at the next target. Sate then returns to her car, but she lost the three other kids. Oh, boy. Where's she told them all ever? to stay in. I know, she told them all to stay in the uh, car, and then all five left. Yeah, that's some real authoritative uh, direction there from a police officer. Like, goes to show you how these kids do not, you know, respect... Their elders or whatever. Clearly. Um, so Shiratori then arrives, but says he hasn't seen the kids. Kind of gets a call over his badge from Ayumi, and he's like, what are you doing? Uh, that startles Ayumi, who drops her badge, and she says the culprit's going to hear them. 
They mention that they're following the suspect and that they're outside the storage area at Shinagawa's 6th District. They then spot him preparing the fire by pouring gasoline on some newspaper. And that this is a logic leap I didn't really understand, but they're like, oh, if the fire's not even started yet, then Takagi wasn't, you know, attacked by this guy. Come on. <laughs> Why would he take so long? Yeah. Um, this is sort of where the episode kind of lost me as well. I had really hoped that there was going to be a, a greater connection between the two cases, and there just wasn't. It just happened to be that there was an arsonist kind of running wild around town, and it happened to be around the same time that Sato was, you know, figuring out her dad's case from way back when. So, yeah, the dots didn't connect as well as I had hoped. Um, so then you get logic leaps like this. Shiratori mentions that uh, Takagi was looking up at the station board before he got attacked. Which is a reminder of the first Conan hint, station board. And it kind of then puts it together. How Takagi understood the note from Sato's father and the identity of Kano. You won't believe. You won't believe the identity of Kano. I, yeah, I'm still flabbergasted. I have no clue out of those four people who could have been. But it's written out. It's three letters. Ka, N, and O. What could it be? Oh, I just got it now. <laughs> Sorry. Like, it's just so obvious for us. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'm missing something it's, here. <laughs> it's some Japanese magic. I don't think he wrote. I don't know. It's something where, like, if you pronounce it, it sounds different. But, like, written out in, uh, like, in English alphabet, it clearly says his name. It's yeah. just something we're like, but yeah, it doesn't work with uh, the subtitles. The subtitles do not do this episode justice. Yeah, I would love to see uh, either an I official looked sub up the manga. try and do it. Yeah. yeah, manga or like, how would they even do this if they ever dub this episode into English? Oh, goodness, who knows? Oh, it's not. It's Kano and Kano. So... Kone tells the kids to stay still as they're coming in Shiratori's car. Sato's like, why his car? And Kone says, she has to conclude the case from 18 years ago. So, I like how she's just getting bossed around with this little <laughs> kid. We then see the arsonist begin the fire. The kids run away as the flames begin. And then we see a bloody Takagi handcuffed to the building that is now on fire. He was there after all, Colleen. Yeah. And this is atrocious what they did to, to, to what they did to Takagi in this episode. Yeah, he's he's bleeding, he's beat up. Yeah. He could die. <laughs> he could burn in that building. What would this show be without Takagi? Oh well, it happens. <laughs> no. It doesn't happen to to, to to I can't even say it. It doesn't happen to Takagi. Well, I mean, if it happens, it happens. That's all we can say. You're just like, and then Chiba will take the spotlight. <laughs> hey, Chiba's really good. Uh, I wouldn't mind that. So it's a win-win. Yeah. Either he toughs it out or we get more Chiba. <laughs> so while Sato drives, she thinks of what Conan told her. And he said the hint in the na line in Ramaji when Shinagawa is written out. 
And he says, it's very simple word magic. <laughs> See, this is where it's losing us, because that makes no sense to us how... Yeah. But somehow, through Japanese magic, she understands it's Kano, then. Yep. All right. <laughs> Moving along. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, and this happens in, like, cases that aren't just, like, poorly translated, but something will be so, like, convoluted and, like, just weird logic to where you're like, you know what? I'm not smart enough. I'm going to just accept it for it is and focus on the larger story points of this episode instead. And that's what I chose to do here. And I <laughs> still found this two-parter very enjoyable because of that. But as far as, like, this mystery and understanding the Kano stuff, absolutely not. <laughs> right? But it doesn't take away from the enjoyment, because that's just how great this show is. The culprit leaves, but the uh, kids don't follow him, as Conan told them to stay put. As they struggle to tell the time on Mitsuhiko's watch, a light source appears, but it's a match lit by the arsonist. Um, and then tells the kid- Sorry to interrupt. Don't their watches have lights, or or was he not using... Like a special watch that a gossip made for him. I can't remember now. Uh, they only have their badges right now. Okay. I don't think they have watches. Okay. No, oh, so it's Conan that has a special watch, but I don't think the kids do. Okay. Never mind. Although I do feel like at some point they do get like watches with lights on them. I, I weirdly remember. I don't know. Maybe that was used in another case. But so I don't think you're like fully off base or anything. But I don't think they were wearing, like, watches, because he just had, like, a timepiece. Okay, okay. Sorry, it's been, a, it's been a minute since I've seen this. No pun intended, so. Um, so, yeah, the arsonist that is there, and he tells the kids that they can see more clearly now, and then he'll line all three of them up together as an ornament. This guy's a dork, right? Like, making the fires beat the kanji for fire, and then... He's talking like a weirdo. Like, you're not cool, dude. So, yes, to your question. Um, also, I'm not sure if, how realistic it is. Like, this probably has something to do with, like, it's like a psychological thing. Because, like, why would an arsonist make something, make it as obvious as, I am going to do the symbol for fire? Like, wouldn't you not want to do that so you can avoid getting caught? But I guess it's part of like that perfect. Crime it's to make mentality. a mockery. Sure. Okay. Out of the place, it's to mock them because he knows they're too stupid to figure out that. And then once they do, they'll be like, "Oh shucks, <laughs> oh shucks, we really screwed that one up." Well, thank goodness Hibera figured it out. Well, she's very smart. I won't deny that. She is a scientist. So the man then takes out a knife and the kids flee as Takagi wakes up. Sate arrives at Kano's place and mentions that tomorrow is his 50th birthday. He downplays it, but Sate says she, uh, he should be looking forward to it. Once 12 p.m. passes tonight, the prescription of the Shushiru case from 18 years ago will be completed. Um, so the clock is ticking now, Colleen. We have like a... An intense countdown here to when uh, the case will no longer be valid. Literally and figuratively. Because I'm pretty sure they show a watch on the wall. Or a clock on the yeah. wall. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, Takagi finds his gun, and he's like, oh, I can just shoot off this handcuff. But he can't do it, as they're from Sato, and he lo- and it's her father's, and he loves her, and he's like, I can't damage her keepsake. Oh, I'm such a dork. My name's Takagi. All right, let's take a moment to dissect this. If you're in a life-or-death situation, and what's keeping you from living is destroying a memento from your potential girlfriend's father like yeah what's they're the not choice? even dating they're no <laughs> like i'm i feel like okay takagi you want to try and get out of this situation without damaging the handcuffs but push comes to shove maybe you should have just done it but as we'll see he figured it out and i think he keeps the handcuffs intact sato says that the three letters uh, the three mysterious syllables left in her father's network were Ka, N, and O. And that, shockingly, they stand for... Just wait for it, Colleen. Kano. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Biggest twist ever. Like, this is... Yeah, it just doesn't work <laughs> when we're in out like this. <laughs> and as soon as you mentioned it last episode, that the guy's name were the... <laughs> The same as that? I was like, oh. Oh. Well, then. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah. But then, like, it gets even more convoluted. Because we then learned that Kano was, like, a nickname that her father gave him. And then all the rest of the people in the club, club like, couldn't spell Kano. <laughs> Sorry. So they thought he just didn't know his name. I have no clue what the hell's going on here. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know if it's like a pronunciation thing or what the hell's going on here. Like how it's written, maybe, as well? Yeah. I'm, I've am i just decided to not try and figure it out. Maybe one, one day. <laughs> you, had, you have a good idea about going back to the manga to see how that was, um, how that was handled. And uh, it turns out the reason that her father was able to determine that the culprit was him was because he saw the security footage and Connor had a very weird way of sing- swinging a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, just to add more stuff to this guy, like, oh, my father recognized him because the way he swung, whatever, his weapon was just like how he swung his baseball bat, which is different than ev- everybody else in Japan. Kind of says it's not nice to treat him like a murderer, and the case was actually prescribed three years ago. Sato reveals that time outside the country doesn't count toward it, and that he spent three years abroad and came back from Italy to Japan to match the prescription date with his 50th. What a nerd (laughs) to exactly come back, and he's like, ah, this way it'll be on my 50th birthday. So who's the bigger nerd here? Kano trying to match it exactly with his 50th birthday or the arsonist doing his fire symbol across the well i'll take i'll take answer number three takagi for not saving his (laughs) life because i'll break takagi i'll break sato's uh, handcuffs yeah but he's trying to do it out of you know being sweet being a loser that's what he's doing it out of so Sada says she already called the police and Akana goes to get a drink but she takes it away from him 
She says her father always said, the culprit that's about to confess will always gulp, then extend their hand to the tea. If you give them the tea at that point, he will swallow his words with that tea. What a what a very like peculiar and exact uh, advice. Not really one of those idioms that are like you can apply to many things in life. Like this is very a one case scenario, uh, <laughs> you know, advice that he's giving. Yeah, <laughs> my father always said this. Like, in which context would your father say this? My father was always telling me the culprit that's about to confess will always gulp. And extend their hand to the tea. If you give the tea to him at that point, he will swallow his words with that tea. He was always saying this every single day. I was like, Dad, come on. We already know that. Little Sato was just like, Dad, I'm trying to have a tea party here with my friends. Go away. So uh, we cut back to the arsonist. He grabs Ayumi. But he's surprised when Hybera says hey to him. He's like, what's up, little girl? (laughs) Yo. And so she then asks him, what do you think a ghost of a butt is? And the criminal's thinking it over, truly making him the nerd of this episode, (laughs) like the the loser here. And as he's pondering this, he's hit by a trash bucket. And we get some Japanese magic here where the words bake for ghost and ketsu for butt form baketsu, which is bucket obviously um so he's knocked out by the bucket that Conan kicked and Sheratori then strolls up and he's like oh he's knocked out huh. <laughs> all in a day's work like how for he me lets, he lets Conan and Hibera run along like oh there's a dangerous arsonist but uh you kids take point yeah if this was Megare this would never happen Megare is always trying to like shoo them away but the other police officers are like, yeah, sure, come along. You're important witnesses or whatever. So they see the fire, but Sheratori isn't worried as the warehouse was scheduled to be taken down next week. So nothing's in- inside. Nothing is inside. No! Especially not Takagi. <laughs> Sheratori, you should be worried. Your friend? No. Colleague? Co-worker is in there? I mean, he wins the most if uh, Takagi dies here. I suppose for now, but, you know, come in the future, Shiratori has his own lady friend who is not... Yeah, but it's still a downgrade from Sato. Come on. Oh, is she? Oh, I'm sorry. Character that I don't know. (laughs) Um... And uh, the firefighters are starting to take care of the fire. And meanwhile, Takagi's just in there screaming and nobody's hearing him. And he's trying to escape without breaking the handcuffs. Just remember, at any time, he could just get rid of the handcuffs and leave. I I feel like this is a good justification for doing it. Pretty sure Sato would have forgiven him. Just saying that again. So, midnight strikes, and Sato says she's lost. Kano says that he didn't mean to kill the guardsman. He says, when I tried to push him away, it must have hit the wrong spot. And then as for her father, it turns out that he never actually pushed him. Instead, it was her father that pushed him out of the way of of the oncoming vehicle. What a twist. So, maybe Sato's father is the biggest idiot of this episode. (laughs) 
Well, with a saying like, every culprit gulps and something about tea. Yeah, that was his saying. Every culprit gulps and something about tea. <laughs> the famous <laughs> quote from Sato's father. Yeah. See, at least there was some sort of twist in this episode after the Kano thing let me down. And uh, he starts to confess. He says... That was when he saw through everything and I was being taken down to the police station in the rain. As I thought about what was going to come, I got scared, so I ran out in front of a truck. Then he he gave me another chance to start over. And Kana says he never touched the money that he stole. What a waste of 50 million yen in a robbery, you know? Yeah, so why'd he do it? <laughs> and uh, it's all hidden behind the shrine in his house. He says, once the statute of limitations expired, I was going to return it. And he's like, please believe me. And Sada's like, oh, I believe you. And then immediately she pulls out, like, a microphone. And she's like, Chiba, retrieve the money right now. There's no better evidence. Hurry up. We only have one day to get the warrant for his arrest. So she's going crazy and barking at orders. And Kana's like, what? There's one more day? My math was off? And she's like... Well, you didn't take into account the uh, the leap years. No, no. She said <laughs> that uh, there was a typhoon on the day that he left Italy. And due to the typhoon, his flight arrived at four minutes past midnight rather than 9 p.m. So that dastardly plane delay pushed back the statute by just one day. If it wasn't for that darn typhoon, he would have got away with it going. <laughs> That's right. This is like a Scooby-Doo twist. Like, how are we supposed to know about this? So, I don't think us as viewers could have possibly followed along with this particular case. Like, I guess we were supposed to figure out the Kano thing, but how are we supposed to know that the statute of limitations was pushed because of a typhoon? Kano. You know? K-A-N-O. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? So yeah, we get this typhoon buffoonery. And Connor says he had a bad feeling as when uh, Sato walked in. She had the same face that her father had that day. She says her father was different as he didn't choose to say Connor's name in the ambulance as he believed in him. And she says father said that... uh, she said her father was saying, turn yourself in uh, when he ran away rather than Shushiru. So that's some more Japanese magic <laughs> where I can't comprehend. He said, but I'm guessing. He said that and then he immediately followed it with every culprit will gulp, etc. And so every culp. <laughs> yeah, he said that. So he had to get one last catchphrase in. Yeah. Uh, so she asks him where Takagi is, and he reveals that he's in a crumbling warehouse in Shinagawa. Sato puts it together, and instead of, like, calling the police force, which she already had on the phone, um, she rushes over to tell him. Smart, like, yep. <laughs> what are you doing, girl? Um, but she gets over there, uh, the wall of the buildings collapses, and Sato fears for the worst. She says, that fool. And... And that's when Takagi speaks up and he's like, hi. And that fool appears in all his glory. 
Yeah, we learned that he escaped uh, the fire by pulling on the bars, which then came off. He says, after that, I was walking around and got mistaken for a spectator. You have blood all over you. How'd you get mistaken for a spectator, you dork? At least he didn't get mistaken for the arsonist. Wouldn't that suck? He would have deserved it. But hey, he got out of there, and the handcuffs are unscathed. Even though he he is all beaten up. So Takagi collapses, and Sate finds his gun on him. She's like, why didn't you shoot off your handcuffs? And he's passed out, so he can't answer. But Conan says that he didn't want to break the memento from Sato's father. And Mitsuhiko says he's trying too hard to act cool. Mitsuhiko, all you do your entire <laughs> life, the, all the time you spend in the women's bathroom, is trying too hard to act cool. Takes one to know one. That's why he piped in Clearly. at that very moment. And then Hibera says he's the type that will die easy, which is very accurate. So I'm gonna like obviously Takagi's still kicking. We're at episode like one thousand whatever, but it'll be interesting to see if this series ends with his death at some point. Yeah, Sato calls Takagi an idiot and just smiles at him. That's what you were you smiling to, Colleen? You were like, oh, that little idiot. Sure, probably. I mean, he makes me smile. He's a great character. He sucks. So, uh, <laughs> after the ending credits, it's revealed that Takaga got to take Sato on a date, finally. That's his big reward. Well-deserved, I think. After so being they, an idiot. <laughs> they meet in front of a stadium, and Sato's like, oh, I'm so excited to start a date. And she speaks really loudly, and she's like, oh, I can't believe we're going on a date. Wink, wink. And uh, it's revealed to be an undercover sting operation as she's following around a suspect's little sister. And Sate cannot believe... Or, not sorry. And uh, Takagi just can't believe what he's gotten into here. Yeah. One day, Takagi. Just wait. This will be a real date. There you go. That's the end of the episode. I do like Sato's sort of naivete like like she's she's such a badass character and um just this whole other side to her like completely oblivious to not only Takagi but the entire police force's feelings towards her it's just so endearing yeah endearing sure let's go (laughs) with endearing so let's give thanks to our patreon supporters going yes let's so, first off, medium-sized Jeffrey. We supersized you last time, or a couple times ago. You're back down to your regular medium-sized self. Not too big, not too small. Just the way everybody likes it. <laughs> this, this is Nobody a... ever complains about a medium. No. Medium's great when you want a little bit more than a small, but you don't want to... Yeah. <laughs> Go all the way for a large, so mediums. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for defining the term medium. I'm sure hey, a lot no of people problem. were confused. No problem there. Just some English magic there for you. Uh, shout out the the boy Ryan Self. Shout out to Spencer Young, William Lee, and uh, the big chief Mason. We appreciate you all. Well, I do. Maybe not Colleen. Well, a lot of silence. I mean, there. 
as the executive of this podcast, I, I always figured you thank, you know, thank the patrons on behalf of the production team. So I don't want to be redundant. Product? What are you producing? <laughs> Actually, I don't. I just talk into a microphone and <laughs> that's basically it. Are you taking over editing duties? This is great. Hey, I can, but you never let me. You're going you're gonna to do the notes? I can do that too. You just won't be satisfied with any of it. <laughs> all, right, all right. So next episode is Detective Conan episode 207. 207. The deduction that was too good. <laughs> what kind of nonsense is that? I guess we'll find out. Like, have all the deductions been subpar up until now? Maybe. Guess so. So, the next Conan's hint is cassette tape. Well, that's a thing of the past. Technology from the past. Yeah, so Conan says, Next time is the number one face-off. And Ginta says, I'm gonna go nuts. Highbury says, me too. And then he goes, huh? This isn't... This didn't make much sense. <laughs> oh, because the rest of the episode did. <laughs> well, I mean, I understood that Kano meant uh, K-A-N-O. I was like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> I guess that'll do it, Colleen. Let's give our thoughts on this two-parter. I know you usually go first, but uh, I'm going to go first instead. Please do. So, yeah, like, like we were talking about before, you kind of have to just throw out the Japanese magic stuff and accept it for what it is and think more about the character work here. And I, I did think, like, Takagi being a dork and not wanting to, you know, destroy this keepsake that um, Sato has of her father is, you know, a sweet thing. So, I mean, there's good moments here. I think uh, seeing Takagi suffer is always fun. So, we get to see him get hit, you know, bloodied up. Uh, but, yeah, I think the end of the episode with the moments between Sato and Takagi are really good. And the date scene's hilarious, as it's not really a date. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed this two-parter. But, like, as from, from a mystery standpoint, it's kind of weak and... Uh, you know, part of that is from, like, the arsonist being a dork, and he's like, I'm gonna make it be fire. And then uh, the other part is just, like, translation woes of the, the fan sub. But yeah, you d despite that, I said this was still a fun episode to watch. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you on most of those points, if not all. Um, definitely an enjoyable episode from the character standpoint. Um, it's, you know, it's just fun to watch the police force, like, um, I guess the characters interact with one another, uh, interact with the detective boys. Um, I already alluded to this, but I would have liked to have seen maybe more of a connection between the two cases going on. Um, sometimes the show, like does it weigh too much it's like so over the top that there's this case from 20 years ago and it's come back and there's a bunch of other stuff and there's a gang involved and there's like millions of dollars so 
the fact that they didn't really do that was it sort of miss i was bl- misled to believe that that's what we were uh, going to expect from this but it, it was fine um like i didn't mind that 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 didn't happen i guess um yeah takagi <laughs> being dumb was like a little bit frustrating but uh i'm glad that it all worked out in the end for him uh like the kit like it it, watching the episode i felt like the detective boys did stuff but for some reason thinking back on it it really feels to me like the the greater part of the show or the part greater part of this two-parter was uh sort of like what the police were doing even though i know that the kids were there i don't know why i feel this way it's just maybe it's not as memorable as some other um detective boys um contributions to other cases in the past so i don't know just something i felt uh after you know thinking about <laughs> the conclusion to this case uh still an enjoyable watch probably not like the not my favorite of the metropolitan police detective love stories or whatever they're called but um but still uh still a good solid two-parter it was a two-parter. We can all agree that there were two parts to this episode going. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. Well, somebody had to say it. <laughs> and that person was me. And uh, so yeah, Kano, K-A-N-O. The more you know, we learned a lot during this two-parter. And uh, <laughs> I am off the rails, so I'm going to end this episode... We'll see you uh, next time for more Conan mishaps. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. And remember, one truth always prevails.